This is the Claycomo Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, and welcome to 2022. Today we are honored to have our youth pastor, Austin Reeser, bring us a message to start out the new year. And now we send it to Pastor Austin. A new year with another sermon you're likely going to sit at home and think, this is really going to be uplifting and positive. It is at points, but at other points, not so much. Um, I, I, I hope my heart is seen this morning. Um, this past week, I was in Kentucky with my father-in-law and brother-in-law and, and several other Christians from from multiple states, and and we were there to help with disaster relief and cleaning up after the tornadoes that went through um, earlier in December, and man, I saw things that I didn't think I'd ever see, Um, and this was even a couple weeks after cleanup had already started. And there was still destruction everywhere you turned. And, and to hear some of the stories that I heard that I don't really want to repeat this morning because I don't think I could get through it. Um, it just, the whole time there, God was just laying on my heart that life is so precious, but life is so short. And that the only thing that, that matters ultimately is, is what you do with Jesus. Do you trust in Jesus or is, is Jesus just something out there that you've heard before but you don't really know him? There were times where we would help with cleanup and, and we got to pull a, a mobile home, a trailer home from the bottom of a hill that used to be on the top of the hill. And, and all we were there to do was to find what was left and pull it up to the road for trucks to come by and load up and, load up and take off to a dump or to a, a burn pit to just burn everything, to just get rid of it. It was useless. There was other places that I went where Streets after street after street, you could look around and and you would see nothing but rubble. There was no buildings left. There was no houses left there anymore. It was just like toothpicks folded over on one another and, and lives that used to be there that were no longer there. So I was not fully prepared. I had an idea that I was going to see things that I'd never seen before, but I was not fully prepared for what I was going to see and what God was going to show me. And I'm not a poet. I've never claimed to be a poet, but I was sitting in in the church we were staying at one night, and I was just kind of writing some things down. And um, this just this phrase or, or whatever you want to call it kept coming to my, my mind. Life is fleeting. Trust in Jesus while your heart is still beating. Just over and over, that was in my mind, and that was my prayer for those that live there, and that's my prayer for you this morning. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never trusted in Jesus, I pray that you would while you can. 
So this morning, again, it's not going to be this cheery, uplifting thing, but it's going to be something that, that I needed to hear, and I pray that you need to hear and will listen to. I want to show you three truths from the Word this morning, and then how we're to respond to them. The first one, truth one, is that life is short. It is so short. You can see this over and over again through the Psalms, just the brevity of life, how short life is. Psalm 90.10 says this, Our lives last 70 years, or if we are strong, 80 years. Even the best of them are struggle and sorrow. Indeed, they pass quickly and we fly away. Realistically here, the psalmist is saying we have 70 to 80 years if we're lucky. Yes, some obviously live longer, up to 100 or, or even a few years after 100, but others still live far shorter. And even if you are blessed with those 70 to 80 years to live, they pass quickly. I know that I've heard it over and over again from those who are blessed with that long of a life that they woke up one day and they didn't know where it went. They woke up and they, they thought, man, just yesterday I was playing with my kids in my house or I was outside with my brother or my sister and we were playing and now they have grandkids and even great-grandkids. And they, they look around and they look in the mirror and they think, where did time go? It passes quickly. And then we fly away. It seemed to go in the blink of an eye. Or as this next verse in the Psalms says, as a breath or a passing shadow. Psalm 144 verse 4 says, a human is like a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. Since we've woken up this morning, we have taken countless breaths in and out, in and out, and we have rarely thought of any of them. They've gone so quickly. We didn't have time to think about the one we just took because we needed to take the next one. Our, our lungs fill with air and then come out and we give no thought to it. They're gone before we can think about them. Our days are like a passing shadow, it says. A shadow, as soon as that sun comes up, its time is limited. It comes up and the shadow begins, but its time is ticking away as the sun moves across the sky. Every second, every move of the sun gives that shadow less and less time to be seen. Charles Spurgeon, reflecting on this verse, said this, How is it that the eternal, that is God, should make so much of mortal man, who begins to die as soon as he begins to live? Just like a shadow. You and me, as soon as we were born, are inches and moments closer to death. Our life is short. And with this reality, how much more do we need to understand what David says in Psalm 39, verses 4 and 5? Lord, make me aware of my end and the number of my days, so that I will know how short-lived I am. In fact, you have made my days just inches long, and my lifespan is as nothing to you. 
Yes, every human being stands as only a vapor. David here is asking and praying to God, help me to understand the brevity of life. Help me to understand how few days I have in this life. And what David asks, we need to ask as well. God, help us to understand that our days are coming ever closer to the end. We are short-lived. Help us to know that and live in light of it. Help us to understand that we are but a few inches in the length of eternity. We are no more than a vapor that is seen one second and disappears the next. One of the, one of the gifts I got Danny for Christmas was a diffuser where you can put essential oils in it and, and it'll do the mist, vapor, whatever, with the water and mix. And it smells great and she enjoys it and I'm like, okay, that's cool. Um, but, but you can just watch that and you can see it come out when it first comes out, but it's like two seconds and it's gone. That's our life. We are no more than a vapor seen one second and disappeared the next. Our lives are shorter than we can comprehend. We can go about day after day without a thought of the next one that may not come. But we must understand that the next one is not guaranteed. It may not be given. And because of that, we must understand that so much of what we worry about and what we chase after is not worthy of wasting our lives on. And again, I just think of Kentucky and the tornadoes that went through there, went through that area. None of them woke up that morning and thought, tomorrow is, or tonight is the day that I lose my house, that I lose everything that I've gathered over the years, that I lose a loved one or a friend. None of them thought that. And the ones that passed in that, none of them thought, this is the day I die. But it was. It came and went quickly. Because our lives are so precious, but they are so short. This leads us to the second truth this morning. And it comes from the very next verse in that Psalm 39. Psalm 39, 6 shows us the truth that there are things that are unworthy of your life. Yes, a person goes about like a mere shadow. Indeed, they rush around in vain, gathering possessions without knowing who will get them. Our life passes like that shadow. And we so often are, are caught up in the world and, and wanting thing after thing, the newest and the next, the best and the most, and we chase after it. But at the end of the day, we don't get to keep it. We don't know who will get them. We can't take them with us. Here again we see the illustration of a shadow that begins to fade even as it starts. And David having been given from God the answer to those questions and the understanding of the shortness of his life continues to show how it is so often wasted. We rush around uselessly, foolishly, trying so desperately to gather possessions for ourselves, which ultimately will never remain ours. We gather and we gather and we gather things to fill our lives and our houses that will one day either end up in a dump 
in a fire pit, or in someone else's house. They're not ours. And again, this was never more real to me than when in Kentucky, I'm sifting through the wreckage of someone's home and finding broken thing after broken thing, carrying walls of a house to the side of the road to be taken away. Those things that were likely treasured at one point were now gone and useless. They were not worthy of that person or that family's life and trust because they could be and were taken away in a moment. And I shudder at the times that I have tried to fill my life and find my hope and my peace and my value in the things that I could buy or the things that I could make that are only temporary. How often have I wanted that next thing? How often have I done everything I can to get something that I think will make me happy, that I think will fill the void that I have in my life and find that it doesn't? The things of this world will not last and cannot sustain you, but there is one who can. And that's the third truth we're going to see this morning. Life is short. There are things that are unworthy of your life. But Jesus is worthy of your short life. In, this, in the next several passages, we're going to see exactly why Jesus is, is worthy of your short life. Because he is the one who did what only he could do. What you needed and what you didn't ultimately deserve. Romans 3, 23 and 24 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You and me have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We have said, I don't want your standard, God. We were created to live as God designed and instead we said no. We said, I will live as I please. I don't care about your standards. And instead of giving us what we deserved for having denied God, which is death and separation from Him in hell forever, He sent His Son, Jesus, to justify us, to redeem us from the deserved punishment we were owed. He is worthy of your short life because He is your only hope in life. Romans 5, 6-10 says this, For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, which we are not. Though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves His own love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How much more then, since we have now been justified by His blood, will we be saved through Him from wrath? For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, then how much more, having been reconciled, will we be saved by His life? And not only that, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received this reconciliation. In those verses, we see we were helpless without Christ. 
We had no chance of escaping our judgment on our own, but at the right time, the exact right time, the moment we needed, Christ came and died for us, the ungodly. God proved his love for us in that while we still said, no, God, we don't want you, we don't want your ways, and continued on sinning and falling short, Christ died for us anyway. While we were enemies with God, he became our friend. He shed his blood on the cross to wash away our sins so that now we can stand before God as white as the snow that is outside. Christ, the perfect, spotless Lamb and Son of God, reconciled us, brought us back to God through his death, and gave us life through his resurrection from the dead. Now we boast in God because of what he has done. That is why he is worthy of your short life, because he is the only way you get life. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says this, For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. We are not saved by perishable things like silver or gold or iPhones or cars or houses or jobs or relationships, but only by the precious blood of Christ. That is it. Jesus is worthy of your short life because he gave up his life for you. This leaves us with just one more thing we must look at. How do we respond to these truths? And these next two things are not extremely shocking, but are extremely important. The first response we must have to these truths is having faith in Jesus. When we understand how short our life is, how unworthy there are, the things of the world are for us, and how worthy Jesus is, we must respond in faith. John three sixteen and 18, a familiar passage for most, even those who didn't grow up in the church. For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned, because, the, because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. Jesus was sent by the Father to save, not to condemn. Anyone who believes in Jesus is not condemned and has eternal life. If you're like me, when I was younger, you would hear that and and you'd think, well, yeah, anyone but me. Anyone but the, the one who's done or thought the things that I've done. But that's not what it says. It says anyone who believes. Anyone who believes. There is no other requirement to receive forgiveness in life. It does not say do enough good that it outweighs your bad and you'll have life. It does not say clean up your life and then you can believe. 
It says simply, believe in the Son who was sent. Believe in Jesus. And again, for those who are like me and needed explained a little more, we can turn to Romans 10, 8 to 10. It says, this is the message of faith that we proclaim. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. Today, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Proclaim it. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is worthy of my life. Believe that Jesus truly died for your sins on the cross. Believe that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. There is no question here. It's not a maybe you'll be saved. It's not a hopefully you'll be saved. It's a, well, we'll see what happens. No, it's a guarantee. Confess and believe, and you will be saved. If you believe that Jesus died for you and was raised to life again by God, you are guaranteed life everlasting with him. Then comes the second response to the truths we've seen. We seek to obey Christ and his word. And I know a lot of times we, we hear something like that and it's, yeah, obviously. Or you go the other way and you think, Man, that sounds kind of like works-based righteousness. Don't I just believe and I have it? I don't have to do anything else? Well, yes, you have to believe to get it, but that doesn't mean you don't want to do anything else or you shouldn't do anything else. 1 John 2, 1-6 says this, My little children, I am writing you these things so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for those of the whole world. This is how we know that we know him, if we keep his commands. The one who says, I have come to know him and yet doesn't keep his commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly in him the love of God is made complete. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. That's a lot there. But the main things I want to take away from these verses are, is, are that we are called to walk as Jesus walked. Which means we seek to keep his commands that are found in the Bible, in the scriptures. And keeping these commands does not give us salvation. That comes again, like we saw, through belief. Rather, the commands, keeping the commands is evidence that you have indeed believed in him. When you know what Jesus has done for you, when you get to that point, when you realize Jesus is truly worthy of your short life, what else would you want to do but to live for him? The obedience does not give you salvation. Rather, you seek to obey because you have been given that salvation. You seek to love God through serving Him, following after Him, because you've received and known the love that He's given you. 
And I especially love the beginning part of that passage because we do, when we get to the second part, we think, man, I've got to be perfect. I can't mess up ever. But the beginning says, I'm writing to you so that you don't sin. But if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He's already paid the price for all of your sins. Before you came to Christ, after you came to Christ, all of them are wiped out in his atoning sacrifice. Brothers and sisters, as we end this morning, we must remember all three of these truths, that life is short. It is so short. It is not guaranteed that you will wake up tomorrow, that I will wake up tomorrow. We need to understand that there are things that are not worthy of giving your life to. And that ultimately the only one that is worthy of giving your life to is the one who gave his life for you, Jesus. There are so many things that can be taken away from you in this life. Jobs, houses, things, relationships, health. But for those in Christ, there is at least one thing that can never and will never be taken from you. The love of God found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul says this, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're listening to the Clay Cullen Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. For more information about Clay Cullen, please visit us online at www.claybapt.org.